Welcome back, Red Pills, to the Matrix Online Revisited Podcast. I am Vesuvius, and this is our 11th episode of our speculation podcast series, The Original Matrix 4, where we discuss the Matrix Online storyline and speculate as to what story elements might make it into the upcoming Matrix 4. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast for notifications on upcoming episodes. We're on Spotify, iTunes, and we're hosted at anchor.fm. Also, follow me on Instagram as that's a hub for my online exploits. I've got daily Matrix content there, as well as links to my YouTube channel and my Etsy shop, where I've got some cool real-world Matrix Online items, like beta t-shirts, beta hats, and the upcoming Burning Eye t-shirt, as well as some other cool things I've put together. But for now, enjoy Chapter 11. Chapter 11.1 Penderhurst Amrantz Brenda Utley told Zion that if Mauser is gone, the right research lawsuit against her company would collapse, but rumors of internal troubles at right research are increasing. The machines, finding that the Merovingian probably does have the very same biological interface program that the intruder was looking for, began a sweep for the program among the, egg- the Merovingian's exiles. The Merovingian analyzes the biological interface program. EPN set out on the no-fly zone and encounter machine hovercraft. Copper tops riot due to Auroboros uh, set-top boxes. The biological interface program causes disruption in the Auroboros systems. Carline is killed by a new female wireframe intruder identified as Danielle Wright, who wants the, the biological interface program back. Now, again, I feel like a lot going on here. Even my summary is is a bit erratic, and I had a lot of I had a lot of trouble making sense of it. So, uh, Starshwar, thoughts on eleven point one? Yeah, yeah. If memory serves, at this point, is Mauser no longer part of the story, or do I need to, to uh, summarize what happened? I to think him? that we can start talking about exactly what happened with him. Yeah. So Mauser had been with Commander Locke in the Siege of Old Zion and helped him escape uh, Sentinel destruction, and they had escaped it together. So when Locke was rescued by Zion, like, what happened to Mauser? What's going on with Mauser? They even brought back Colt, another member of Roland's crew, to help investigate what was going on with Mauser, and his behavior did not at all match the person, the freeborn person that he knew from the old uh, Mjolnir ship. So something's very wrong with Mauser, and Okay, stop me if I'm wrong here. Danielle Wright overwrote Mauser the same way Smith overwrote Bane. Am I am am I am I am I right? That's about something that? that I have not heard before. If uh, I believe Danielle Wright had inhabited Mauser's body for some significant length of time, jacked in as Mauser to do her crazy plan to get to the biological interface program, and now has shed Mauser's form and exists in the same wireframe form that essentially having ascended to the level of the oligarchs. Oh, very cool. That that makes sense. I I I got to go through like those those live event archives of the later ones. Ooh. Okay, you got the revised version of the uh mission there. Okay, I, but I may have the original. I may have the original. I'll have to check my my old 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 screenshots. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, unless I am completely, my brain cells have completely failed me, I think the twist was Mauser was right. That, that's right with the W. 
that that she had taken over him at some point. So it, does the error stand that he was freeborn? Like how how did she override him? I believe him? what they said was she transferred into his body through some sort of electrical signal that that zapped into his body, something like that. Okay, so pretty much what you know, uh, finger quotes here, kind of what Neo did. It's it's a cross between what Neo did and what Smith did to Bane, of of, of completely you know consuming a, a a human being's mind. Okay. In both the system and the real. And yes, there there, there is some some Neo parallels with her doing that. Which again, which is why I love that they screwed that that, that they mis- made a mistake. They won just a red pill she jacked into. She jacked into a freeborn. Again, unless I'm completely wrong, I'm gonna have to go through some old, uh, old, old screenshots to verify this. <laughs> okay, Lazarus, what are your thoughts on Danielle Wright and uh, Mr. Mauser? Well, that's like I said, this part, this this gap here is like real foggy for me. I was definitely off doing my Skynet propaganda thing, but correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the oligarch, uh, not Halborn, but the other one. He, this this is the chapter where he gets killed, right? He didn't die because he didn't get the the VIP. He got killed, correct? I believe Wright killed him. Right. No, I think it was Wright too, if if I'm remembering correctly. Because I, I'm tr- like I said, I'm trying to remember, but because you have to remember, at the time I was like anti oligarch storyline, so it was like, yes, one of them's dead. This is awesome. Finally. Yeah, we. I think there was a lot of sentiments that like, oh, we're doing unlimits again already. Yeah. Let's let's get yeah, this over. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of, right? It kind of got this feel like they were invincible and like they couldn't be killed. So when one was killed, I'm like, all right, that's what I wanted to see. Let's go now. Let's get the other. Yeah, yeah. So she killed Carline, which I believe was the second uh, intruder to right, enter the, one the that Matrix. Came in that was fighting Halborn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's go back through this little hold on I've, I've, I've got i've got something here it may not be accurate but it's from uh, from from a wiki article <clears throat> uh roland and colt survived the uh, assault of old old uh zion uh and believed both ak and mauser to be dead but mauser had rescued commander Locke and took him to an abandoned lab facility on the surface and i believe that was daniel wright's lab I remember this now. The machines, we had an event where we were investigating this. We were communicating with a team of red pills in the real world. We got little screenshots of what was going on in there, actually. Whoa. Uh, they were, like, photoshopped and, like, you know, blurry scan line. But, yeah, we we had we were communicating to a team to avoid a, uh, a lightning storm. And all we found left behind was his, uh, uh, the, the lightning rifle. Uh, anyway, back to this wiki article, uh, to, Okay, actually, this this cuts off right at the point where I needed to know what was happening. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna have That's to right. do some research on this. It's all good. But I'm gonna, I I I definitely have some screenshots of that event where machines were trying to find Mauser in the in the real. Also, just just to throw this out there, as as much as a proud machinist I am, we had our our downsides. We had this whole system of of. Uh, getting the team out through the lightning storm and plotting, you know, to avoid lightning strikes. Eventually, most of them, the machines were just like, just go for the straight line, it's faster. And two, two of them got fried by lightning. <laughs> so uh, we were a little careless. We were a little, little inhumane. 
Okay, so to bring this back to the Matrix Four, uh, right. Danielle Wright is you know a, get, getting to be a very important character uh, in this, and she's a very interesting character considering she was uh, a red pill and is involved in Zion affairs. She had her own direct link to the Zion mainframe. Uh, who, who knows where she was living in the real world? So we have this actress, uh, I believe her name is Jessica Henwick, who's signed on, and she's supposed to be the Neo-like character. So if my assumption is correct and we're going with this uh, singularity and this uh, oligarch um, story arc, then possibly she could be playing Daniel Wright. I don't think so if we taking the Matrix Online is canon approach. Uh, I, 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 I'm still holding out hope that she's Sarah Edmonton's. But um, here's the thing. Yeah, Danielle Wright, she has, she had the bio, the the emergency jackout technology. She allowed red pills to, if you know, escape death way way more than they ever could before. And now she herself has ascended to have both Smith and Neo like powers, and has oligarch style RSI. So she she has become kind of the most important, most powerful character up to this point in the story that we've seen. Uh, but I think in a few paragraphs we're gonna see why I don't think she'll be uh, necessarily involved in the new movie. Well, I was I was gonna say in turn I I always kind of saw Danielle Wright as um, I'm trying to remember the title of the Matrix comic, but I always kind of saw her as the version or the opposite of what happened in the Matrix comic, where the woman is climbing like Mount Everest and falls into the ice cavern and an agent shows up, she's like a programmer or something, and he's like, yeah, you're like the most brilliant human mind programmer that we've ever encountered, and I will you know, res- I'll save you from this moment, I'll, I'll get you out of here if you finish your AI program and she's like, well, I don't want to die so sure, but then when this happens, because of how the machines change things, it was like, you know, just a dream to her, she didn't think it actually happened to her, so she just decided to quit her job, and like, I'm not going to do that anymore so then the agent comes back and he's like, well, you said you were going to finish this and we needed to finish it, so finish it. She's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. It's like, okay, then you can die. So I kind of always just thought that Wright was more like the, 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 the red pill who actually did do her job and did fulfill the contract. And, and ha- that's how she had this tie into the machine mainframe because she was actually useful to the machines. About that, you mentioned she had a direct link to the Zion mainframe. That's to say she could access it from outside Zion. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, that's my take on it. Yeah, that, that's how okay, I understand it. Okay, because we're talking about plot holes or, or logic holes. That resolves an issue I always had with the first movie. Smith wanted access codes to the Zion mainframe. I sort of always thought, great, what would he do if Morpheus talked? How's he supposed to use that? I, I never thought Zion would keep that networked. Seems like a... <laughs> problem you know i always and it is it's funny because i always saw or at least how people presented the problem to me was well what do they need the codes for i'm like well so they don't have to dig holes into the side of the wall but now i see the problem that you're presenting it's like okay they have the codes but how are they going to i mean they're going to hack it wirelessly or like what are we really talking about here i guess if you think of it in terms of I'm, I'm trying to remember how exactly they identified, like, the hammer when um, the radio was out. I think they were going off, like, holographic imagery. So, okay, if you have 
a machine hovercraft or them, um, you know, hacking to the point where they're projecting this hovercraft and they've got the code so that when, you know, uh, from inside Zion, they're saying, okay, are you the hammer? And then with the Zion mainframe codes, they can say, yes, we're the hammer. And then they open the gates. But Okay. All right. So there is some wireless component there that, you know, we, we are, we're doing it. We are, we are filling in the puzzle pieces. I, I love this. Yeah. Cause you know, they make a big deal. It's not a big deal, but they show, uh, I can't remember. I think it's, I think it's Roland who says oh, they got the damn radio or whatever. So, you know, they can't, you know, Niobe, when Niobe's flying the ship, they can't identify themselves. And that's why they have to, you know, have the kid open the, oh no, they, the kid has to open the gate because the gate's broken, right? But they, either way, they don't have radio. So that's why they can't say we are the hammer. And right, because Locke's like, oh, nobody can pilot uh, that. That's the mechanical a, line. Yeah, mechanical line. Nobody can pilot that, but it's actually Niobe. But they don't have radio control in the hammer to say, hey, guys, it's actually us. All right. Make, makes sense to me. Yeah, It's a little bit unclear, but apparently the Merovingian gets access to the or a biological interface program uh, and does begin to analyze it. I think he's just trying to find out exactly what it is and why right. the oligarchs might want it. And I know that we have talked about it a little bit, but what – and I know what the biological interface program is, but what are the oligarchs going to use that for? Well, I think I, I think the idea was if the oligarchs have control over this, that – that will keep them from dying in the real world. If if I'm understanding this correctly, if I'm remembering this correctly, the biological interface program allowed Daniel Wright to jump out of her body and into Mauser's and then into oligarch form with, with the idea being that the oligarch's physical bodies are eventually going to die that they can use this to cheat death yet again which goes back to her emergency jackout and that i think the oligarchs were going to use the biological interface to get new bodies and then live for hundreds of years in in perpetuity so it's i could be wrong but that's always kind of been my beef with the bip i never i never felt like this was ever really defined or made clear also, again, this is the part of the story that isn't finished, so I yes. think clarifications on that may have been meant to have... Oh, man, I'm in some sort of high tense that doesn't exist. They may have intended for them to matter eventually. We just never got to the point where they'd explain what that was about. Okay, so this, so the biological interface program is the singularity. It's a link between humans and machines. And there's more to it, but we're not, I'm not going to spoil yes. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I know we don't want to spoil that, but here's another question. Do we have that in the in our real world? Do we have that right now? Does Google have that? I think the closest we have is Johnny Depp in the movie Transcendence. Transcendent? Transcendence? Okay. I think the closest we have to that is the Johnny Depp in the movie Transcendence. I think it was based off of a, a Michio Kaiko book. I started watching that movie. I got to finish it. I got I got to rewatch it. Yeah, if you like this conversation, I would I would watch it. Okay. All right. 
I, I have not seen it, so I can't weigh it. Win. I don't think we have that exact uh, possibility yet, but we do seem to be heading closer to that, to the notion of a human brain being quantified and uploaded as data to live forever, essentially. Right, and, and anything I've seen just researching the idea is, you know, I've seen different transhumanism projections, and the earliest I've seen is... 2045 but when i looked into that project that was talking about that it was like real like russian funded sketchy i don't know that those numbers are realistic but the idea is that you know first we've got to do the whole cyborg thing and keep going with that i mean you know we've got mechanized prosthetics and you know um the different like uh mechanical hearts and all these things i mean that that part of it is happening but in terms of the mind being uploaded or downloaded we've got a lot of work to do okay and we do know that danielle wright has killed carline and she's in pursuit of the bip now she must have had the the bip in order to go into mauser that, unless I am completely remembering that incorrectly, I believe she had it, and that's what allowed her to escape what I believe was the death of her physical body and use it to upload her consciousness into Mauser, who just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right, and I was, at that time, you know, I was always kind of thinking, you know, when you're talking about the right, Daniel Wright thing, I always thought of it like as this, like, avatar thing, like this kind of, like, said interface where, you know... Uh, Mauser's body is basically her avatar, and she's just kind of puppet mastering this thing. Like, I'm sure at this point, Mauser's consciousness is 100% dead. But that she has, you know, taken over both his mind and his RSI. I mean, you know, his body and his RSI for her own Right, his body purposes. and his RSI, yeah. Because she appeared as Mauser in the Matrix, that's what led to the big, wait, what? <laughs> Um, that whole situation. Yeah. Okay, so are we ready to move on to 11.2? Uh, yeah, if memory serves, 11.2, was was that the last official storyline chapter we got? No, 11.12.1 was the last official. Oh, right, that's right. right so Carry we, on. Right, we had a cinematic for 11.3 and then a cinematic for 12.1, and that's it, right? Yes. That's right. Also, the missions changed in how they were accessed, so it was a lot harder to get the story info after a certain point. Yeah, it was quest-based, which I kind of liked, but it did make it harder. Okay, so chapter 11.2. Danielle Wright seems to be only her consciousness in the Matrix, hunted by the machines. It is revealed that the BIP was created to control red pills. Several simulacrum appear acting oddly. EPN hovercraft and General Sentinels are attacked by advanced fighters, and the kid is injured. Androids are recovered by the General. Kryptos develops anti-overrides. Wright tracks the BIP to a pod tower, attempting to trap it from jumping into another copper top or back into the simulation, but eventually kills a copper top, releasing the BIP back into the Matrix to further hunt it. So now the BIP seems to be sentient and moving on its own in and out of uh, the the Matrix and 
uh, copper tops and Danielle Wright is hunting this thing so Lazarus thoughts on 11.2 well when you're talking specifically to the Matrix there's again a bunch going on here we have the kid is still around he's still hanging in there he's not dead yet um, more specifically like what we're talking about with the whole Trinity thing or dying outside of the Matrix you have Daniel Wright as consciousness in the Matrix and we also have a bunch of sims that are acting crazy and you know I believe that Morpheus is going to be in the version of a sim so I, I, I feel like this chapter has got a lot of stuff that we can use in terms of how I think the Matrix 4 is going to go but again because of what we were talking about in this last subchapter it's you know it's hard to really remember for me what was going on specifically at this point because there was no cinematic there wasn't a whole lot to see it was only through missions and I would bang out the mission real quick and then you know that was it And Star Shore. Well, again, I, I like that this MacGuffin has become a character. That's a very Matrix thing. We gotta get this thing. Uh, the thing's making decisions for itself. It has free will. It's making choices. Uh-oh. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I can say any more without getting into spoilers. Okay, well, let's see if we can maybe pick it pick it apart a, a little bit at a time here. Uh, it so my outline says that there are several simulacrum that are acting oddly. Any recollection as to which simulacrum and maybe what they did? Because I don't have recollection of this. I, I have zero. Okay, so we will probably have to just uh, uh, continue on. Um, the EPN hovercraft and General Sentinels are attacked by advanced fighters. Advanced fighters, probably something that we didn't see in Revolutions. And this is kind of what I said earlier about, hey, you know, we had these alternate characters being right. sent off. And it's, they were they were lambs to the slaughter, okay? We're not going to send our main characters that we level to 50 and then them be killed and then not come back. You know what I mean? Well, like, can you imagine? Can you imagine the insanity that would have happened if they... if main characters had been volunteered and Ribbit had to have been deleted from the server. Can you imagine the outcry? Tech that, support! That just a... Tech support! <laughs> Res, please. Uh, that, yeah, so yeah, like, I, again, without, they had to say, yeah, please send your most expendable characters you won't miss. Yeah, well, I actually, the, uh, the character that I made for this, uh, my daughter was like less than a year old or something, so she was touching the keyboard. She just jammed the keyboard a bunch, and which was like a joke because at this point you're you're four years into the Matrix game and you had people, you had uh, characters running around and other other players, and it just looked like somebody just jammed their hand on a keyboard uh, to to make these these character names. So I actually did that, and then that was the character that that went away and never came back. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful though. That. <laughs> Your, your care that your daughter contributed to that that's 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 so touching uh, is it uh, <laughs> i think it is if you know the random key or seemingly random uh keyboard presses of, of a young human creates a fake human that is canonically has a life and then doesn't in a story i don't know, i think there's something poetic there yeah it is a fun thing also the thing about the 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 nonsense character names that actually bit some people when they changed the event format 
where it was just you know, you'd get a single meeting at the start of each chapter and if your name wasn't pronounceable if Rarevik couldn't type it nah no come back with a better character name yeah <laughs> that was right towards the end of Rarebit's uh involvement with matrix online i don't know how much of that was him being frustrated or, how, or him just saying people try <laughs> just try a little bit okay so uh what else uh okay so cryptos develops these anti-override programs we finally have a weapon against the uh the oligarchs i yeah i don't think we ever mentioned this the the oligarchs had different uh uh types of, of uh what would you call it besides magic uh code affinities that could affect programs they could kill them instantly i believe those were called terminator bits they had override and accelerator bits that made programs behave either atypically or just bow to their whims oh there we go and you don't see like appear, appear acting oddly yeah well th that must be connected yeah. to that. i remember them overriding some machine programs yeah uh you know like security forces and maybe even some lesser agents and making them uh bow to their whims or just go berserk yeah and they had like the white uh the white sparkles like around their head yeah oh, yeah wow i totally forgot about that yeah man. it kind of looks like tom and jerry got hit on the head yeah like seeing oh, stars oh i know yeah exactly thank you interesting oh i gotta see if maybe i can get the i can get that effects in the uh in the emulator maybe take a little video I, I think that's in the FX list somewhere. Mm -hmm. Keep going, Starshwar, because you're jogging memories. Um, where, where we leave off? We're talking about <laughs> the, Kryptos and his override codes. Yeah, the, the Terminator yeah, yeah. bits. Yeah, I, I, I like that Kryptos was dissuaded from performing this research, but did it anyway. That, that you know, he, again, at this point, Kryptos is no longer a, a program that that uh, works for the machines. He's a human being who chooses to maintain his position as Cypherite leader for reasons we never really got, and I don't think he'd ever just say, I am doing this because of blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I remember that... I'm trying to remember how... I don't remember how he came up with this, but it's interesting that he did. I guess because, of course, he'd be the one to do it. He has the most experience of anyone with with this he was a human being who was overwritten by a machine program he's been on both sides of that and kind of remembers it so maybe he used that experience to uh accelerate his his ability to uh counteract this and there's there's are we we're past are we past the point where the machines had their own morpheus sim because that was a tiny subplot it wasn't super important I think that we are. But I remember. I, th I think that happened I much earlier, like chapter seven. Okay, there was some point where the generals Morpheus Sim and Cryptos whispered something to each other, or one whispered. I think one whispered something to the other, and we never found out what it was. Maybe it's somehow connected to that. I forget. I, I forget. I, I believe it's Morpheus whispered something to Cryptos. I, I, I don't I think that was just one of those big teases that we never had a chance to have a follow up on. That's cool. That's gonna bother me. I'm gonna I'm gonna research it. <laughs> no, I, I believe even Rarebit admitted that he didn't know what the whisper was. It oh, was okay. just something for a future story arc he'd get to later. I could be wrong. 
a lot of what I'm saying for these last chapters, there's got to be a lot of I could be wrong. Oh, of course. I mean, they they can they can twist it or they can omit it or whatever. But you know, it's our interpretation at this at this time. It's just weird that we all remember the old stuff more than the newer stuff. Yeah. And we have Danielle Wright chasing the BIP as it is running away from her. Um, it, I think it, maybe we'll fleeing. get into that. It, it, it's it's not just it's not just panic. I believe it shows some advanced knowledge of of escape tactics. I I believe, at least in a computerized sense. Am I am I am I wrong? I think you're right. I think we'll get into that maybe into in in chapter twelve. Okay, so any final thoughts on 11.2? Because I think uh, 11.3 is a little bit smaller. We might be able to discuss a little bit before we before we end in the next 10 or 15 minutes. I, 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 I can't really remember anything specific from this chapter that I want to get into. Okay, so 11.3 was um, <clears throat> one of... Uh, Rare bits, new cinematics that he ed, that he created himself. So, chapter eleven point three, Vale infiltrates an EPN hovercraft and murders Shimada. Cypherites distribute anti-override consumables. Uh, the android that was discovered to have been controlled by oligarch consciousness. Daniel Wright is confronted and killed. A gold code appears above her body. So, Lazarus, any thoughts on this turnabout with Vale and Shimada or the golden code? Well, yeah, you know, I'm going to go right to the golden code because, you know, that's always been key. And, you know, for me, that's, you know, a symbol of a connection to the source. So, you know what? That, and that's kind of what I was making reference to in terms of before with uh, Wright having access to the mainframe, you know, she's definitely, or was before she got killed, she's definitely special, you know, there's definitely something about her that had uh, a higher level of access than what we were used to seeing. Okay, so let me ask you a, a question. You see that Golden Code signifies a connection to the source. Um, what's your response to my interpretation of Golden Code where it's a, a consciousness of its own? Uh, pertaining to having a soul, as if Seraph had a soul. Uh, the machines up on uh, that that Neo saw on his way to Dusk's Machina, those machines had a soul. Uh, I wouldn't disagree with that. I I don't think that they're necessarily independent of each other. I think that you know, like especially the Seraph example. I love that one because what did he say when he saw him? He said, "I think." He's from the machine, or say, I think you're from this machine city, and so is he. And that's what I'm saying about right. That when you see that gold code, that that soul is connected to the machine consciousness. It's connected to the hive mind in some way. Starshwar, your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I, you know, with gold code, I associate that with Seraph and with how Neo, you know, again saw the machine city. The greater meaning of that, I don't think I, I am in a good position to speculate on. I really like your notions. I just don't think I can fairly uh, weigh in on that. Now, I will say this. I do have some signed offer. Now, Shimada is a character I think we have barely talked about. E Pluribus Neo, she was 
the kid's right hand. She's the one who came up with the name E Pluribus Neo. She was meant to be, had they been fully playable, the EPN mission controller. Instead, she was just someone who, you know, just a, 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 you know, story character for that organization. I was an E Pluribus Neo liaison on the Vector server at the time. I went by Xensei. I was present at the very last event Shimada was present at, and we were told in advance what would happen in that cinematic, and were explicitly ordered to in no way foreshadow that. But the last mi the last event with Shimada was hacking something, I don't remember what, and some of the liaisons have thought maybe we could hint that somehow this was used by Vale to trace back to her, but we could not ever explicitly acknowledge that, so we didn't. But we had to try very hard not to uh, give away what was about to happen. And it also put me in a situation where I was given an impossible question. Now, this isn't just me memory lane. There's a point to this. There is a point to this. So Shimada is killed by Vale personally. She removes her jack, because that is what Cypherites do best. That's going back to Cypher <laughs> himself. We see some of uh, the kids' crew members reacting to this. I was explicitly asked by a player, "Was I there?" As you know, Liazan Sensei, and because what we said was, you know, partially can add to be very careful to not give a concrete answer. So I just gave a depressed response. Sensei's official answer is, "It doesn't matter how close or how far away it was. I couldn't stop it." Holy so, crap. um, yeah, I, I, I that I, I regret not having had more time to have invested as that liaison, but I, that's, hats off to, to my colleagues who did. But, you know, she's, Shimada was a character I never cared about, but other people did, and I felt bad <laughs> for having to console them for something my <laughs> character may supposedly have inadvertently failed to prevent happening. Uh, but, yeah, so we're having named characters dropping left and right. Danielle Wright is apparently dead which is again why i don't think she'll be in the new movie and mysterious gold code comes out of her is that the interface program is that something else we don't know yet uh but you know e pluribus neo's in bad shape also the fact that Vale personally did that is showing how far the cypherites are willing to go because there's no reinsertion there's no going back for them it's all revenge now <laughs> so you could almost see that as sort of a suicide mission that she survived of personally going onto the kids' hovercraft and uh, taking out, um, you know, her... Actually, Shimada would be her exact opposite number. She had the exact same job for EPN. Yeah, they uh, were basically equal and opposites. Uh, Shimada was, equals. like, very caring. And, you know, I've, I've commented that Vale seemed very cold and emotionless. Fair. I never invested enough in Shimada to have a good gauge of what her character was. Back in the day, I, if you know, pressed to who my least favorite recurring character was, I'd often say her because I couldn't remember anything about her. That's me. That's not criticism. That's just she never connected with me. But I, I like your interpretation, and that's you know, a cha you know, this 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 conflict that goes back to chapter three is is still waging raging and it's it's getting closer to if not a conclusion to some sort of boiling point well you know just a little bit more about shimada and then i want to hit the golden code you know shimada was uh japanese and it was uh, kind of speculated a little bit that she might be a love interest for the kid 
but really all of the character development went into the kid. He went from annoying to a hero that saved uh, the Oracle and, you know, sustained uh, injury. And then, you know, he's going off uh, exploring the no-fly zone on a very, very dangerous mission, is again almost killed. And he's doing these things, and he's he's really growing. Now, he's... Has, he's, has, at this point in the story, has his RSI changed? Are we at that physical yeah, there was change a, yet? I believe there was a scar. Um, yeah. I don't know if, there, if it was after uh, he took the bullet for the Oracle, or... Uh, I do remember I think the scar. That was sus- I think it was sustained in the mission to the real world in the no-fly zone. I think, like, a sentinel nicked him or something, and he retains that in the Matrix. And so... It, it's a great way of showing this character's development in a simple, artistic way of showing he's seen he's seen some stuff. He's been places. He's he's not just the rookie. He's a veteran, and that's great. He he's gone from being you know neo you know Neo's would be Robin to being a full fledged hero of his own. <laughs> Nightwing. And I would be astonished if that character in some way doesn't show up in the new movie. Okay, so Lazarus, what was the name of that uh, that actor from? Boardwalk Empire that we were talking about? Uh, Stephen Graham. Hey. Uh, he fits the basic description and a little bit older than the kid. Oh. Oh, wow. So it's okay, because we were just assuming gangster. No, we could use that tough guy attitude for grizzled version of, hey, remember this annoying character? Well, at least some people found him annoying. Look what he has become. He's He's freedom fighter, cult leader man. Hey, what has he done since since Revolutions? Has he been in anything? The actor who played the kid? I'm not even sure. Did he voice himself in Matrix Online, or was that a sound-alike? Uh, I do not. I think it was a sound-alike. Uh, but I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm gonna check out his IMDb real quick. I, I am. I, I, I am liking the speculation. But I love the transformation. I absolutely adore the transformation of the kid going from from fanboy to 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 a legitimate you know taking up the torch that was once carried by the likes of of uh of of morpheus okay so as i look this up uh the imdb i want to talk a little bit about the golden code uh so danielle danielle wright was killed on top of a building and that became like a, a landmark that you can go to and this golden code had these three question marks over top of it kind of like it was kind of like exactly a, three was it three it, i'm asking yeah i believe it i believe it was three and i have I, I put a screenshot up on my instagram a couple months back So good right that's so good so i i i didn't even notice that at the time so uh the the three question marks was resembled like a player like a player's uh name would be up over top of their head so yes. the golden code was in the shape of a person, but more specifically female. And it was kind of like a back arch, like she was kind of floating over over the air. And I don't particularly remember legs. I remember torso. So throwback to, to the twins. You know, when they came back, they were 50-50s, yes. right? That's so good. That's great. They took, they took this little, not filler, but unimportant arc and used it. To foreshadow something that would be important down the line. This game was better written than I remember it as having been. It could all be happy accidents, you know. I I'm hesitant to give that much credit because of 
because of how hurt I am over how things turned out. Any more thoughts about the Golden Code? Just, you know, again, Golden Code... Oh, wait, there, 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 were, there was another application of Golden Code. When EPN set off their uh, code pulse bombs, they, had, they left Golden Code. That's, so it may have some relation to, perhaps, truth. Now that I'm thinking about because that, that was them hacking data out of the Matrix. Seraph helped lead Neo to answers. Correct. And, uh, uh, and you know, Neo, when he sees the Machine City, he's perhaps seeing it in a way that is unique only to him, and that is the perhaps a reality or a version of a perception that is beyond what humans can sense, and that is the actual truth of the machines. So, so maybe there's a hint of it being truth. That, that's just me in this very moment. Okay. So back to the kid for a moment. Uh, he is... Uh, his name, the actor's name, is Clayton Watson. And he is credited as voicing the kid in The Matrix Online, 2005. Okay. He's also been in some stuff. Um, as recent as... 2018 so he's still out there um i will look for his name to see if maybe he gets if he gets brought back maybe he'll reprise his role i have a screenshot of the question mark thing the character name is question marks the rsi is fem feminine there are legs and i have the description the description is in quotes and the description reads it's beautiful ellipses close quotes that is a a wonderful hint. That's a very specific callback to one of the movies. Matrix super fans, this is your test. Who is who is that quote from, and why is it being attributed to three question marks? Now, was was that was that gold code? Was that in Hampton Green? I know it was downtown. I couldn't tell you exactly where. Hampton Green. Uh... Sounds about right. Okay, I, I just asked because at the end of the cinematic, that's like they have that little shot of the map, like Niobe and Ghost are at the keyboard. Yeah, telling you where to go to start the mission. Yeah. Hmm. That's awesome. Right, and then real quick, just I mean, we covered this earlier, but at the beginning of that cinematic of the chapter we're on 11.3, uh, that's where you have... Uh, the general explaining to the Merovingian that they analyzed the android and that the android is clearly not machine technology. Not machine technology. Also, I want to say it's less less gold code so much as a gold silhouette. And uh, when Morpheus seemed to be returning, he came as a digital silhouette, even though it turned out to be a program. And not the true Morpheus, but uh, but even then we then you get into... we've got Danielle Wright's consciousness floating around the Matrix. Well, 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 we got Danielle Wright's consciousness as the white wireframe Mars. Like this gold thing is not Danielle Wright, is it? Right. We finished Chapter Eleven just now. Yes. yes yeah, I was going to say because we're, we're it sounds like we're re ready to get into what's going on in Chapter Twelve here. So. Let's make this our cliffhanger. Who or what or how, what is question mark gold code thing? Tune in next episode to find out.
Ghost was a good clue, I think. Or maybe not the, the most obvious clue, but it was a nice clue. Did go, but Ghost didn't react to it until the start of twelve, right? I believe no, it, so. It, well, at the very that's saying at the very end of eleven point three, you have uh, Niobe and Ghost at the at the computer, you know, typing "Wake up, Neo." Oh, wait, I thought that was I thought that was twelve. That's the cliffhanger. That's the very very end of eleven point three, in the in the cinematic. Oh my. the cinematic. Okay. All right. Well, Ghost. Ghost's involvement is does uh, does does speak volumes then. So, did we talk about the connection between Ghost and Trinity? Uh, I don't think we have per se, but that was more Enter the Matrix. Exactly. Uh, That's why I said it's a nice little thing, but you gotta really be into it. You know, like I said, you have to have played Enter the Matrix to really understand that. Tell you what, why don't we why don't we start our next conversation with a little refresher on just what the deal with Ghost is? Besides, you know, his, I think we talked more about how his appearance changed than his character. Yeah, that's yeah. what we talked about. No, you're right. We did bring him up, but it was basically the the kind of uh, digital actor swap, if you will, for rights. Yep. All right. Any final thoughts? Um, I've absolutely adored going through this with you too. I can't wait to do more. And even when we're after the end, there's definitely minutia we can go back into. Yeah, it looks yeah, like absolutely. we got we got maybe one more of this, and then we can just uh, we can riff. Well, and then I don't know if you guys wanted to discuss uh, like where the documentation goes that you know we didn't get to experience. Yeah, I definitely want to do rare bit summary of what might have been after we're done with chapter twelve. And then we can discuss whether or not that should be treated as canon. Uh, I do have outlines for it. There wasn't very much um, in the summary, the story summary that I got from the archive. Um, I actually am going to be doing an interview with the gentleman that wrote that archive in which I got this story summary and then outlined it for for us here. So I'll be doing that uh, hopefully sometime this month. Um, but you don't have rare bit summary of what would have happened after he left? I yeah. do. Yeah, see, I thought I sent it to you. Oh, you do? Yeah, I have that. Okay, I misheard you. Because uh, I, I have that somewhere. Good, good, good. That 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 needs to be treasured because that, that could be the future. And honestly, I thought that, I mean, that was the ending I always wanted. I, I, it, it, it's, it's almost perfect that we don't get that for sure. <laughs> I know. That, like... And it might turn out that blah, 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 blah. But I can't tell you that's definitely going to happen. Sir, servers are coming down soon. Good luck. Hey, wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I actually, the funny thing about that, at least see, I had a power surge right at the last possible moment. Rebooted, took forever. I got back in at the, literally the last second of the game. Typed in you know, guild chat, faction chat. Damn power surge, and for my friends, that was their final memory of Matrix Online. <laughs> but it's perfect to, 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 to be savoring these last moments of a world, and then suddenly just snapped out of it. That's but you that's that's. But you did get to experience the RSI compactor. I came in just as everyone got got compressed. Yeah, the old meat Good one. Stuff. Yeah, that was like horrific. There's yeah. 
that that part's not canon. There's no way. All, all the screams. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be the craziest way for the movie to start, though? <laughs> you know, I mean, just seeing body. But uh, Lana Wachowski's first comic book was Hellraiser. Just saying. Hellraiser, Hellraiser. That's that's Constantine, isn't uh, it? Uh, Clyde Barker. What am I thinking of? Hellblazer. Oh, Hellraiser. That's uh, that's uh, also the horror series, yes, right? The, that's the, what I'm the saying. Pinhead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't seen those yet. Oh, man, if that's actually how the movie starts with red pills being just massively crumpled in horrifying, impossible ways, man. That would be insane. It, that'd be incredible. <laughs> it, it would hit me right in the feels right away. Yeah, no, I, I got a kick right out of feels it when they ended the game w- like that. I thought it was cute. Well, I mean, you know, there's only so many ways you can end a virtual world. There's <laughs> not many uh, examples of that that I, you know, uh, other games have gone offline. But oh man, that's just hitting. How nuts would it be if? If that's canon and Matrix Four starts zero seconds later, or they could do a re uh, like, like a rewind in that Goliath um, comic book where he was on the train and he just kept looping and then rewinding. I gotta read these as soon as I get oh. my brain back. As soon as I'm well, I'm reading these comics. Well, before, well, now, like, well, no, before any you know, before I read any so-called story leaks, I mean, I definitely. Uh, saw the kind of Goliath angle, or it, what was it that triggered me? It was like I said, it was when they said they got the the cinematographer from Vanilla Sky. I'm just thinking of that whole premise in terms of, you know, like you said, the whole loop thing, where potentially, you know, those last few seconds could be your entire life. So we could start the Matrix Four, where Neo is being given a life inside of the Matrix just before he died in Revolution. There's so there's so many possibilities. <laughs> I love it. We'll have to get back to this next time. Okay, before the character outro, I just want to thank you again for listening to the podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and you'll get notifications for any upcoming episodes. Also, the previous series was an audiobook that encompassed the entire storyline, and that was written by a guy named Julio Angel Ortiz who I am going to be doing an interview with in the coming weeks. So if you are interested in listening to that audiobook and getting the entire storyline, you can find it in the same place that you're listening to this episode. And also while you're there, if you can rate and review the podcast, that really helps the channel. You have tapped into a hardline Dropbox. Do not leave a message. Use code 942. Repeat, 942.